This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, and you are listening to Conversations Podcast. Conversations It's a translation To a Star Wars nation It's a celebration Hello, and welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. And I am C-3PO. Episode 90. Since the days of the Old Republic, inorganic beings have been a constant presence in Star Wars. These rambunctious robots have stolen the screen, and our hearts with their metallic wit, mechanic heroics, and circuitry sacrifice. Delve deep with us on a droid discussion. Ooh, new series. Very, yes. very cool. It wasn't you actually at the beginning of the episode. That was kind of cool. Yes. Well, I mean, we are talking droids, so. Oh, what a coincidence. I am also a talking droid. <laughs> Wonderful. Droids. Great topic, yeah. first of all. So, quick little bit of history on that. Um, we were on a family vacation up into the Blue Ridge Mountains. Where and you were. Yeah. Well, it was half the family. That's fine. That was actually the uh, weekend getaway that I was talking about when. In the ScarfCon. Yeah. And... In a chance meeting with a waiter at one of the fine establishments up there, Nick, he had suggested that uh, we talk about droids, and in particular, Chopper. Yes. One of his favorites. So thanks to Nick. So um, don't get too excited, Nick. <laughs> We're not talking about Chopper tonight. Um, we'll I, we'll get there. Yeah, I mean, I can absolutely sympathize with you. I think Chopper is probably my favorite droid. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of my Italian grandfather. He talks with his hands. Right. He's like curmudgeonly. Right. I mean, it's perfect. It's my grandfather. <laughs> so um, I do love Chopper. Right. And we will absolutely talk Chopper. Right. But not tonight. No. When the topic of droids as a discussion came up, we had to go back to a more iconic droid. Mm-hmm. And there are only two more iconic droids than Chopper. Right. <laughs> One of which is C-3PO. Yes. But the other is that feisty little astromech, R2-D2. There you go. Where else could we start with but R2? Right, right, exactly. But, so before we get to R2, though, yes. there's quite a bit of history or, like, uh, direction in... An influ- influence. 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 Yes. Influence. <laughs> That's hard to say. <laughs> Even harder to type. Yes. Influences, yes. influences, and uh, on George himself yes. for the stories. Yes. So obviously he was inspired mm-hmm. by several different uh, types of stories and visuals. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. From you know from obviously Joseph Campbell's stuff, The Hero's Journey, uh, Kurosawa, and Flash Gordon. For sure. And even further beyond those, we had even Metropolis, one of those. First sort of appearances of a droid, sort of mechanical humanoid, right? Yes, and yes. Scary at that point, uh, and very early on in film, like in the early 1900s, you know, the t- right. 1920s or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so very iconic look, and obviously humanoid, and if we're going to have actors in these uh, costumes, you have a certain that amount of that. But R2 being different, you know, that little bucket, and you had Mr. Baker inside there. Yes, Kenny Baker. And uh, so a lot of those appearances of droids in the past 
certainly lent themselves to story arcs and like the serials that George, like the Flash Gordon, like you said. And there's that one particular set of robots, as they call them, the Annihilators, I think, in one of the one of the serials of in Flash Gordon. And then they were weapons, essentially, like walking bombs that uh, Ming could set off and kill the good guys and that kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So very much like a tools for the story to, right. you know, affect the good guys, but didn't necessarily have those personalities. They were just like threats. Right, right. And, and there's always been in, in any sort of um, sci-fi or fantasy or even like comic book serialized type of shows, there were robots. Right. Anything in the future had robots. Right. Because that was the wave of the future, sure. was robots and robotics. And... One day, the robots will do all our work for yes, us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you, everybody has a robot made like Rosie from the uh, Jetsons. And yes. All. So, you know, all that kind of stuff was just like part of what you do mm-hmm. in sci-fi and stuff. Right. So even like the, the early like Fleischer Superman cartoons, where you had the, the flying right. robots that turned into planes, and then they would go and like steal the jewelry, and mm. you know, they were cargo hold for Lois Lane. All that kind of stuff. Um, so it was a huge part of anything fantasy or sci-fi mm-hmm. back in the 30s and 40s. Right. And then, you know, with George, you know, being born in the mid-40s mm-hmm. and then kind of growing up in the 40s and 50s, that's around the time where you have, like, the War of the Worlds and that yeah. kind of stuff where you've got all these sort of sci-fi influences that have the unknown and the, and the robots and all that kind of stuff. So it, it made total sense that he was going to put robots in. Right. And it gave the, those cliffhangers, you know, the, in the theaters. Stay tuned next week for the conclusion of this arc. The heroes in peril and who's going to yes. come and save the day. Um, so let me fast forward to where he's now doing Star Wars. And he brings on... Um, Abbott and Costello. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very much true. Yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> that was that was what I was going to say, but that's, that's also that's what I was going to say. say. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, but he he surrounds himself with very creative people to start sort of setting the tone for the vision of what he sees for Star Wars. Yes, and the art of Star Wars. Yes. which comes into it. So uh, much like the Sandlot, you, uh, you you can you can watch stuff like long after they they first come out. I would urge you to watch uh, Light and Magic. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Because there's a lot of uh, really, really cool stuff in there. Um, when did that come out again? Uh, like a while ago. 48 hours? As like two weeks. Really? I think so. Oh, I thought it only uh, dropped like on Disney well, Plus. Well, like... at the point that this comes out. Oh, like, right. That's like weeks ago. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> when this airs four weeks from now, it's been out five weeks. Wow, I'm really behind I suddenly. Okay. I told you. Okay. I mean, not as far behind as you were on the Sandlot. But, but, but quite egregious. <laughs> yes, egregious indeed. There's a lot of influence of like what's practical, what can we uh, design that, that can translate onto screen. And George said, if somebody could just put a screen in my brain mm. and then see what I'm thinking, because mm-hmm. I guess he had a hard time um, explaining what he was thinking. Right, okay. So he needed a lot of like visuals to help explain. Uh, he had a tough time verbalizing it. So, you know, that's where he brought on the likes of like Ralph McQuarrie. Right. And that's how he got the film made. Mm-hmm. Because he was trying to explain it to studio execs. And they're like, this guy is out of his mind. 
Yes. Yeah. It's like, this, this doesn't make any sense. And then, you know, what sold it was Macquarie's artwork to Fox. Right. And so, so the, the design was a huge aspect to it. Yeah, because it sold the story before there was any film shot, you know, Absolutely. and it really gave that sense of, of this otherworldly set of characters and the classics that we've seen, you know, and obviously in this case, the droids were C-3PO and uh, R2-D2 yeah. in that sort of desert setting. And C-3PO certainly evokes that sort of metropolis feel to it. Yes, um, yes. A lot less pleasant looking face than we see it in the film. Right, right. But still that... Uh, yeah, it's very sort of sterile and um, utilitarian. Right, yeah. So it's like this, it needs eyes, it needs a voice box, and that's what mm-hmm. you get. That's all you get. Sorry, no, ocular that... circus. Ooh, sorry. sorry, ocular circus. Well, if we're going to talk professionally, we might as well do it, right? <laughs> and you look at R2, yes. and that shape is there, but... Yes. He's got a few more appendages popping out. I mean, talk about, you know, our favorite droid chopper. Right. There's some right. definite influences. Well, on... yeah, with them being both being astromechs, yeah. you're going to have a lot of the same types of design. Right. Where you're able to do a lot of the same sort of things in mm-hmm. terms of, like, communicating uh, with the data ports. Right. And being able to, like, weld stuff and, like, spark people and, yeah. you know. All that, yeah, exactly. All that stuff. Yeah, and then uh, let's not forget the rocket pack. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you know, R two used that in the uh, in the prequels. Yeah, and Chopper used that quite effectively in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And those are some of those side pieces to the usability of the yeah. droids. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of different droids that are sort of broken down into task based. Uh, design and function oh yeah absolutely you've got i mean you have a range of droids you've got protocol translator droids you've got your like pit droids to quickly and easily mm. uh repair ships uh you know in a quick turnaround you know you have, you have yeah, six like or seven of them yeah. and bop yeah. pop up do the thing and then the, then then the <laughs> the either the pod racer or the yeah. the, the, the razor crest whatever the case may be um is fixed relatively quickly right then you have, th- like, your pirate pilot droids. Not your pirate droids. Uh, there's only <laughs> one of those. Um, so your His name pi- is Melch. Yes. <laughs> he's not a droid, but he's as useless as one. Um, <laughs> droids aren't useless. They're super useful. Um, yeah, like, your pilot droids, like R3X or Captain Rex. Oh, okay. From, okay. From Star Tours. That's right, yeah. But the useful aspect of those droids is once you retire them from spacecraft, uh, they make great DJs. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. So, in addition to those, then you have your, like, more nefarious droids, your seeker droids, your oh, probe droids. Right. Oh. Mm, yes. And your assassin droids. Those are cool. Yeah, your IGs and your HKs. K-47s. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what death machine. Yeah. And then you've got smaller ones, like the mouse droid, which is like, you know, yes. like a delivery droid. You know, right. sending messages to and from. And minor repairs, because they're tiny. They can, like, scoot in under Very stuff. Cool. And, and yeah. fix, like, data comms or yeah. whatever i don't know the loader droids too yes so... yeah like ned b yeah and kenobi there you go now he was his primary function was uh loading yeah 
Okay. So he didn't even need a modulator or voice chip. Yeah. So he didn't speak. Mm-hmm. What's the point in him speaking? And that's the brilliant side of it because some of these droids that we just talked about, like there's so many different applications and uses, quote yes. unquote, for these droids. Yeah. Aside from the story and how they influence it. But right. it doesn't matter what their task is or what their original programming is about. Mm-hmm. It's amazing at how endearing they are. Ned B, for example, one of the newest ones, we had an episode and a half of seeing that character. And when he sacrificed himself, well, no, he didn't sacrifice himself. When he was destroyed, well, tr- protecting, I mean, he kind of did. Yeah, so protecting the, yeah. the, 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 the escaping uh, rebels. Right. You immediately felt it. It's just, you know, it's, it's phenomenal how they can consistently make that happen. Right. And just in the way that his body movements are, you can see his sacrifice. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, whereas you have droids that talk a lot, <laughs> like uh, your Imperial Security droids, like your K2 units. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, yes, that's another favorite yes, droid. Yes, absolutely. Just because of how snarky and ridiculous he is. So then you've got the security droids that are very strong, but also, like, very thin so that they can, like, follow and they can, you know, go through alleyways and things like yeah. that in, in order to find and, and pursue um, any sort of uh, rebels. And right. Like and then your interrogation droids. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes. God, I forgot about those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got your like ITO droids that are like on the first Death Star. Like okay. Leia. Yeah. Yeah. They're like ball with the needle Nasty. and stuff. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Uh-huh. No uh-huh. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, um, but then you've got like the good ones. Training droids, the Marksman H combat remote. Oh, psh. Yes. Psh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of good, even though it like, shoots like stuns at you. Yeah, like little beast things, like, that terrible. kind of stuff. Yeah. Boom. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, if it wasn't for this blast shield, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Right, yeah. With the, with the shield down, I can't see a thing. I'm supposed to fight. <laughs> um, but then you have your like medic and midwife droids, like mm. the 2-1-B. That helped yeah. Luke uh-huh. after his uh, little incident on Hoth. Right, little incident. And then uh, his little incident on Bespin. <laughs> and then, well, his little incident everywhere. Um, you know, the midwife droid. Yes. Of course, who helped. Eba. Yes. Yes. I mean, very important <laughs> yeah. when it comes to birthing twins. Right. Or that one droid that was in that arc where they almost discovered Order 66 in the Clone Wars. Yeah. And that, like, the droid's name is, like, you know, 17,000 long characters. Right. But yeah, again, very and specific purposes. Oh, it's that's pie. what it was. I didn't think of yeah, that. Yeah, it's like uh, PI 3.17159. Right. 6283578. Or as they call them in the show, P hyphen 1E. Yes. Just to round it up. <laughs> Two places. <laughs> right. Exactly. Then, of course, of course, your Astromax. Right. So that's kind of where we. Uh, where we get off uh, exactly. on this, uh, this journey. And yes. this is where we start with R2-D2. Oh my goodness. Probably the most favorite droid, if you ask anybody, once one droid from Star Wars you know, right. likely you're going to say R2-D2. They right. may say C-3PO, but... Likely not. Right, because of the influence that he's sort of you know, yeah. annoying a little bit. But right, endearing. but R2-D2 is cute. Is everybody loves R2-D2. Right. So of course, played brilliantly by Kenny Baker mm-hmm. in the original trilogy. Right. And then by the time of the prequels, he was um, still, quote-unquote, played by Kenny Baker. But um, they were able to do, like, 
actual robots right. for for those, so they didn't need to have a a human person inside, inside them. Yeah, which is you know better for the the uh, overall health and safety <laughs> of the individual who would be inside. Mm-hmm. So um, Kenny was still R two through the through prequels and everything, and, and it did a wonderful job. Made you think that this robot was activated. Yeah. So he was the the spirit of R2 throughout all of all Star Wars. Yeah, Star really. Wars, yeah. And obviously we know R2 from the original trilogy, but it's fascinating how chronologically his story started as this plucky little astromech that was on Queen Amidala's ship. Right. A host of astromechs head up outside of the ship and it's R2 who saves the day. Of course it is. Yeah. I mean, that should be no surprise. Yeah. And that's where his heroicism starts and uh, endears himself to the main characters. And from that point on, he becomes quite a central character. Yeah. When we first see him in episode four, he's in the employ of Leia Mm -hmm. on the Atlantic before. So in order to get there, we have to make certain steps fall Mm -hmm. into place. Right. So, yes, he starts in service to Queen Amidala and then... um, subsequently slash also Anakin mm-hmm. Skywalker. So, um, you know, I was told Obi-Wan Kenobi, but he doesn't seem to ever remember Obi-Wan <laughs> So, uh, that being said, um, he served uh, with Anakin on, on several missions uh, in the Clone Wars mm-hmm. and was really a crucial part to their success of those missions. Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. You know, whether it, whether it be to signal the rest of the troops mm-hmm. or whether it was to you know shut down certain sectors or to open doors you know all this sort of stuff that needs to be done in order to win a campaign r2 is right there for right and there's that one arc in the clone wars where r2 is taken and anakin is like extremely upset about this and yeah. he refuses to let that go right and come to find out is because after every mission He's meant to be erasing his memory. Yes. And as Obi-Wan discovers, he doesn't. Right. So now, right. from Obi-Wan's perspective, this is a liability for security because of all the uh-huh. secrets and all the very important information that R2 has stored. Uh-huh. But that's not Anakin's point. Anakin's point, well, unfortunately, he's somewhat of his attachment, so that's another yes. sort of red flag. Yes. But that's how uh, important R2 is to Anakin. And he risks his life to go and get him. Yeah. And I feel like that runs in the family. Um, (laughs) Because, um, you know, we'll get to that part later. Um, But, yes, so he serves in the Clone Wars uh, alongside Obi-Wan and Anakin. And uh, also is seen quite often still accompanying Padme. Yeah. um, Through the prequels and, and the Clone Wars. And then after Anakin's fall to the dark side, R2 was present at the birth of the twins luke and leia yeah and uh and then the subsequent death of padme padme yeah so yeah. he's he's seen some stuff man for sure and at the end of revenge of the sith as bail organa is walking through the hallway of the tentative four he instructs captain antilles to memory wipe uh c-3po yes <laughs> but not r2 no no <laughs> just c-3po just... oh my yes <laughs> Oh, all two. Looks like we're... Wait a minute. <laughs> so that's an interesting thing to think about. But then... Yeah. R2 is in service to 
Bail Organa. Right. So, I mean, there very well may have been some intel in that little droid that, that needed, Bail wanted, needed yeah. or didn't want to be wiped. Right. And so it makes sense. And there's a little bit of sass from R2 when that is mentioned in the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would say there's there's quite quite a healthy dose of sex. Right, because well, he's not gonna remember anyway, so what's the point? Right. <laughs> what's the worry? Right. <laughs> uh, so then all of the prequels get wiped from C3PO's yes. memory banks. But R2 But R2's, but R2's, R2's not. <laughs> right. But R2 knows how to keep a secret. Correct. Because, you know, snitches get stitches. <laughs> <laughs> now we fast forward up to the original trilogy. Yeah, so obviously if he's in service to Bail Organa, it's very conceivable that he'd be on a ship with Bail's daughter, Leia, the princess of Alderaan. Exactly. And one of the great things that we've talked about, not just you know between you and I, but uh, with Rob at the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, but also Michael and Dale from It's Chew All of It uh, podcast and our two-parter that we did. Yes. Um, that the way they tied up that story part at the end of Kenobi with Leia understanding that secrecy, or at least, you know, downplaying the knowledge between both her and Kenobi would be the smart thing. Right. R2 is tasked with the mission of delivering this message to old Ben Kenobi on yes. Tatooine. And the way they tied that up was fantastic. But like you just yes. said, R2 is fantastic at keeping a secret. He knows when to mm-hmm. act and when not to act, more importantly, sometimes. Right. And once, um, you know, they, they get ejected from the Tantive Four. And they land on Tatooine. They need to go find Ben Kenobi. Yeah. Only problem is, they get captured by some Jawas. Yes. <laughs> so then it's like, all right, well, now we've got to get out of the sand crawler and then go find Ben Kenobi. <laughs> Only problem is, they end up at the Lars homestead where C-3PO gets sold to Owen Lars. Yes. And then, of course... R5 uh, has that bad motivator. Right. And C-3PO's like, now's our chance, R2, let's go. <laughs> so then, of course, they also buy R2, which, you know, is great. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they need R2 for, but they're going to buy R2. <laughs> so then they're going to need to go find Ben Kenobi. Right. My problem is <laughs> Luke puts a restraining bolt on him. And so he's like, ah, crap. So now he thinks on his feet. Right. And he's like, okay, if I play this clip. And his girl. Yeah. This farm boy is going to get all hot and bothered. Yes. And be like, where's the rest of the message? And then <laughs> we can get that restraining boat off. Right. And make a break That's, for he it. Goes, that must, I mean, that trailer that he showed of Leia's message obviously hit all the marks because yes. Luke fell and for like, it. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, it was brilliant play. Yes. Because he could have shown him the whole message. Right. Come on. But he just Come showed on. what he needed to. Yep. Again, and then the Luke, Luke that removed it. it. And then he's like, well, dinner time. And then R2's like, let's make a break for it. Mm-hmm. So, so, of course, he heads out to go find Ben Kenobi. Right. And he's probably almost there. Because right. by the time Luke finds him, and then the sand people attack and all this, like, Ben comes to help him. Yeah. So, like, they're close. Mm-hmm. So he almost made it. So then he ultimately gets to uh, Ben Kenobi. Yeah. And delivers the message that launches the entire trilogy. And right. he's done that mission. Yes. And delivered the catalyst, really, for the entire three movies. Absolutely. Again, how important is that? Very, uh, very, very important. Yeah, because without it, it wouldn't be the story. Right, right. 
And then he doesn't re- he never really recedes into the storyline. He's got still all those key moments of the trash compactor and all these yeah. I mean there's just alone in A, a New hope. hope. Yeah. But then he's sort of becomes Luke's. Yes. And he's with yes. him in the X-wing and uh-huh saving his butt a couple of times in, right. in battles. And then he gets shot. That's and right. he's a mess. That's right. And then the the techs are like, "Hey, would you want another R2 unit?" And then Luke, of course, says, "None of your life, pal. Me and this little R2 unit have been through a lot together, <laughs> just like his father." Exactly. Oh, oh man, there that's it so is. good. <laughs> so it's really crucial because you know not only are he and C three PO present in in all these exploits of our heroes, they're integral parts. Yes. Because then, you know, again, you have Luke going to Dagobah mm-hmm. in Empire. Mm-hmm. And he's accompanying him. And then he's trying to bargain with this uh, little green creature. <laughs> and it uh, doesn't go so well no, it for an R2. He ends up getting smacked with a king. <laughs> but, but the bottom line is, um, you know, he's right there with our hero. And then they leave yeah, and go to Bespin, and he's mm-hmm. trying to warn Luke about the Imperials. That's right. And then Luke yeah. is like, "Shut up! Like, yeah. you're going to give us away." And he's Shushes like, "I'm him. telling you, they're they're taking our way." And they, yes, because he went bleep bleep into the yep. thing, and, and he saw knew what was, what going, was on. going on. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, even then, he's like, he's got Luke's back. Yeah, he's very loyal. loyal yeah, Joy. and I'm sure you've seen the meme too. But the last time that R2 was told to stay behind. And I'll take care of this was with Anakin. Yeah. And then look what happened. And look then what happened. And Luke did the same thing. And yeah. R two ain't having nothing. We didn't do the same thing. Yeah. Well, he didn't slaughter younglings. <laughs> no, but no. he told him to hang back. Right. And R two's like, like hell, I'm <laughs> coming with you. And I didn't get that one right from my memory, so I know exactly what <laughs> right. happened. Exactly. <laughs> I know when a Skywalker tells me to stay behind, don't stay behind. At the end of Empire, he's looking through the viewport. Yeah. With Luke. And then we get to Return of the Jedi, and he's sparking at the Ewok to Abs- get them to back off. Uh-huh. When Chewie goes to get that meat, and they all get caught up in the thing. Yeah. And Luke's like, grab my lightsaber and all this. R2's just like, yeah, he gets little that saw. little buzz saw. And he's the one that frees them. Exactly. Han doesn't get no. the thing. Yeah, so like R2 saves them. Yeah, and the bunker. Who opens yeah. the doors? And yeah. who gets blasted? And who doesn't open the doors? Han Solo. Han Solo, exactly. In fact, he closes more doors. Exactly. <laughs> and his expression <laughs> right. says that. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, so he's like pivotal to a lot of components. Yes. And as that original trilogy ends, and he's there with all the main heroes celebrating amongst them, and dancing with the Ewoks that he did yes. spark that. Yeah, wicked. Yeah. It's like dancing in front of him, like dancing together. And yeah. he's bopping as much as he can. I mean, the interesting thing about that is Kenny Baker was going to play Wicked as well. That's right. But Kenny, yeah. was, was he sick? He was sick on the oh. day they were filming that. So then he got Warwick, who Warwick. was an extra. Yeah. Fantastic. I know. What a great story. Yeah. So cool. So then the sequel trilogy. Right. But before that. Oh. Uh-huh. We take a break. Take a break. Good idea. Yeah. Who's running this show? I don't know. All right. We'll take a quick break. We're right back. (laughs) From the core planets to the outer rim, Air Anakin sets the standard for luxury hyperspace travel. Announcing our newest class of transport, the Nabari Cruiser. Each passenger will be granted Jedi Master class amenities. 
Another glass of Felucian Manguese liquor, master. Oh, wow! Um, do you really think I should? You should be fine. By the time we arrive on Ord Mantel, we'll likely be under the New Galactic Empire. I may have one with you. So, sit back and relax. It's Aranakin's speciality. One-way trips to Alderaan are now three-fourths off regular price. Don't miss this high ground special. And we're back. Thank you to our sponsors. Just before the well-placed commercial break you suggested, we were just about to get into the sequels. And the role... I was just about to shut down for a while if you don't need me. Oh, wow. And that's what R2 was doing in this uh, in the first movie of the sequels. Very nice. Mm, well, yeah. if there's a segue, we'll find it. <laughs> So, C-3PO is doing fine, of course. Yes, and arguably R2 is doing fine as well. Because I hear tell that... uh, Okay, so we all know, once Luke disappeared after the uh, failed attempt to rebuild the uh, Jedi Academy, R2 went into sort of a uh, self-imposed low-power mode. Mm -hmm. And at which point... Most other droids would have been repurposed. Right, that's true, yeah. Yeah, because it's, you know, you're no longer functioning properly, stripping for parts or whatever, because it's a droid. And it's self-imposed, no less. Correct. Right. So, but, because of his celebrated heroics for the Rebellion, he was not. He was almost immortalized there, you know, in low power mode. Right, under a blanket. Right. (laughs) Which, I mean, they wanted to keep him, I mean, you have a nice car, you got a car cover for it. True enough. All and right. It wasn't to hide him. It was to protect him right. from like dust and stuff. Right. I guess. Yeah. So during this time of low power mode, yes, he reportedly poured over his data banks and was reminded of his greatest adventures. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> uh, legend has it that that's that's what happened. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Isn't that awesome? Just playing a, a greatest hits of all his. <laughs> yes. The best ofs. That'd be quite quite the playlist for R2. Yeah, no wonder he didn't want to come back to like the real world where Luke was lost and Leia's died. Exactly. That's fantastic. Stupid. Yeah. I, it's like in the Matrix. Exactly. Exactly. He's just like living through his best life, you know? That's sweet. Awesome. <laughs> so, of course, the main part of the storyline is... That, you know, they can't find Luke Skywalker. Right. And BB-8's got this portion of map. Mm-hmm. So, once he's brought to the Resistance base, yes. where R2 is, and then he goes over and pulls the drape off of R2, and then R2 realizes, okay, well, he's got the other part of the map. Right. He springs to life and projects the, the rest of the map, and then BB-8, BB-8 rolls up portion. and puts his portion in, and then they can find that, Luke. Gotcha. So, again... He's helping everybody find right. Luke. And, and, and driven by Luke to the sense that almost as if he's awakened from his self-imposed low-power mode because he knows that, that they need he, Luke. And he, he has the integral part of the information to help find him. Right. So can we rename that movie The Droid Awakens? <laughs> Done. All right. Perfect. So um, I'll text JJ. Okay, perfect. Speaking of JJ, uh-huh. he initially ended that movie with, uh, you know, Ray going to Octo to mm-hmm. see Luke and, of course, bringing him along BB-8. Yeah. 
and Ryan Johnson, our friend Rob, uh, Ryan Johnson <laughs> and Ro. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Big fans. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so Ryan says to JJ, "Hey, do me a favor. Try not to wreck the franchise." <laughs> no, no. He says, "Do me a favor. Instead of sending BB-8 with Ray, send R2." Hmm. All right. Cool. Whatever. Fine. I'll send a different droid. That allows for when Ray fails spectacularly at convincing Luke that he needs to come back. Mm-hmm. R2 to replay the message yes. of Leia. Which is one of the great moments in that movie. <laughs> right. And then Luke's like, really? Are you serious? <laughs> like, you're going to do me like that? It's like a low blow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. So that, uh, along with uh, numerous other things. Some profanity, of course. Hey, hey, sacred island. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is no one else cared when R2 got bleeped before. Yes. He ends up heading back with Ray in Luke's X-Wing to the Resistance. Yeah. The old X-Wing. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So good. Yeah. So then he ended up in the Battle of Exegol. He was uh, Poe Dameron's astromech in yeah. his X-Wing. Which is pretty cool. Which is fantastic. Because, like, why wouldn't you? Exactly. You know? And it doesn't matter where the story is at this point, right. whether it's playing the astromech to Poe Dameron's uh, in his X-Wing, mm-hmm. or it's witnessing the passing of Leia. Yes. And yes, he was there at her birth. And yeah, and there at death. That, that's just, yeah. oy. Right? And yeah. gut-wrenching. Absolutely oh, gut-wrenching. Yeah. And quite the homage at that point from J.J. to have him there to have that bookend going on, you know, and the, uh, and the closing out that original trilogy arc for Leia um, yeah. makes complete sense. Yeah. After that, he's hailed as a uh, resistance slash rebellion hero. Again. Again. <laughs> he gets a medal. Again. Again. Um, he meets the president. Again. Again. No. Um, so I like to think that... R2 is sitting under an umbrella on Scarif somewhere, <laughs> just reliving the greatest hits. Right. <laughs> Until he's needed again. <laughs> For the next generation. Right. Right. Exactly. With all his memories intact. That's it. <laughs> all those greatest hits. Every single one of them. You got to think, too, <laughs> that gives him confidence. You think about it. You know? Oh, yeah. And with the, the way that they utilize Astromex. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, here's your job, here's your primary functions, blah, 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 wipe your memory. Okay, here's your job, here's your primary function. You know, it's like, all right. But, like, he was, like, special. He was treated special. Yes. He gets himself out of a lot of trouble, you know? Yeah. Um, gets himself into some trouble, too. But, um... George Lucas certainly thought of him as very special. Yeah, uh, you know, and again, we're talking about, like, this fantasy and sci-fi stuff, and... How robots or like autonomous robots and all are very, very much a, a good part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe mm-hmm. not the main focus, but like big enough that like yeah, very important. They're they're all around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you know, it was it was obviously one of those things that George was like, we have to have in the movies. And then uh, you know, doing the Clone Wars, like I said, he was doing a lot of stuff with all sorts of droids. There's a lot of cool droids that are introduced mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars yep. that are just really cool and interesting characters and all. Yeah. And one of those arcs that is not only George Lucas's favorite arc, <laughs> it was written by Brent, you know, who oh, we met. Brent Friedman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that yeah. Uh, 
in the uh, New Gen episode right. a while ago that we right. did. Um, <laughs> but he wrote that arc. And he did. The one that no one wanted to no, write. Yeah, and that not and many people it. like. And he nailed it. <laughs> yeah, and where the arc starts is somewhat of a childish sort of uh, a sunny day in the void. And it's just like right. a, a droid story with some interesting characters but nobody wants to write no (laughs) and apparently no one wants to watch either because not many people like that episode but it's a good arc because um it introduces gregor yeah exactly character yeah it's got like the rabbit droid (laughs) from uh that's right live action the bounty of uh, boba fett uh, boba fett yeah that's right so and it's got the um the other astromech the pink one yeah the cutie or QTKT, which was yes. um, originally was based on this pink astromech that's called R2KT, yes. which was constructed by Star Wars fans in honor of Katie Johnson, who's the daughter of uh, Albin Johnson, the guy who uh, founded the 501st. Right, so it was right, like right. his fan favorite. Yes. So then Brent incorporated right. that into. She was, yeah, she yeah. had like, um, she, was, she was ill. Yes. And yeah. so they did that to kind of immortalize yeah. her. R2DT Builders yeah. Club built yeah. it. Then Brent put it in that episode, yeah. and then it was in some of the live action as well. Yeah, which is very cool. So that arc ends with some fantastic battle scenes, some heart wrenching moments where you think Gregor maybe didn't make it through. He sacrificed himself for the the droids to get yeah. back to the Republic. For the droids, yeah, yeah. And so what started out as somewhat of a childish, fun little episode that yeah. embodies what George Lucas always thought about for. The droids as uh, as, characters. as characters exactly yeah. for the for everyone to enjoy um, ends up with some really strong lore building stuff, some fantastic uh, action scenes, yeah, and explosions and stuff. So it's really worth a watch because it ends very well. And knowing that that's George Lucas's favorite episode embodies why we're talking about R two right now and droids oh, yeah. in general. Oh yeah, these characters that everyone likes, everyone loves. But, like, to have that enduring quality to be in the prequels, the sequels, mm-hmm. the uh, you know, one of the main and the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. So, like, all these things is like that staying power. And as technology improves and all, it's like, all right, well, what else can we do? We can give him jetpacks on his legs yeah. and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, he can spew oil. <laughs> yeah. And then he can use the jetpacks, light the droids on fire. You know, they probably broke. And, like, the company that made them went out of business because the Empire <laughs> took over, you know? No one's main- so, like, maintaining yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. So you can't replace those parts. It's like a vintage car. You can't replace those parts, so it's like, well, no more rockets. Yeah. Sorry. Unless you go to, like, a <laughs> you go to a garage sale and you happen right. to find someone selling their vintage astromech parts. <laughs> right, exactly. With, with rocket canisters. Yeah. So that kind of stuff is just really a very cool way to keep that character. stands the test of time. Yeah. And doesn't have to have an age. It just needs a refurb every now and yeah. then. And if you're part of the resistance or on the good guy's side, you absolutely love R2. Oh, yeah. Because I think even if you're, if you're not. Even if you're the you know, bad guy, you love R2. Well, you'd love to have the information in his database. Exactly. <laughs> See that? Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. So there's R2. And our first yeah. episode in... Uh, the droid discussions. The droid discussions, yeah. Yeah, all right. I mean... Again, like I said, there's so many droids and so many cool applications for them and, and different models and, and different purposes and stuff. So, uh, I mean, what a cool subtopic. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> and sorry, Nick. We'll get the chopper one yes. of these times. 
<laughs> One of these times soon. Soon, because, yes. Because he's Chopper. Exactly. He's like definitely. He's top five. Yes. Top three. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Top three. Uh, oh, boy. I guess that being said, you can search our data banks for our website at conversations.com. You can uh, check the hollows for our facebook.com slash conversations. You can log into Twitter at Suations. Oh, very uh-huh. good. And then you can jack into our data port. No, no. You can go to Instagram at Conversations. And then, uh, you know, go to our link tree. Uh-huh. And um, uh, look at the entire connected network through Linktree. Right, right. Yeah, you, you can go. access that. Uh, yeah. The, the schematics. Right. Yeah. Right. This is hard, yo. Yes. Um, <laughs> Let's hope we can find a, a oh vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So you can scan. There you, you go. You can scan the um, t-shirt shop. True. A zazzle. Very yeah. good. Uh huh. Yeah. That's what commerce relations. Com- yeah, commerce relations. That would work. Commerce. Yes. Yeah. 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 Anyway, but it's not uh, us though. No, that's that's their their our favorite t-shirt shop. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's it's not related. Not related to Star no. Wars at all. Yeah. No. Not at all. R five D four is also an astromech, and Red five oh. is the network of which we are a part. Nice. <laughs> that's a segue. There so there's the Red five network. That yes. You can also. Follow other cool yes. podcasts like us. And they can all be found at bio.link forward slash red5. That's it. That's mm-hmm. them. And uh, that's it. How did we get into this mess? We seem to be made to suffer. It's our lot in life. Bloop, 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 bloop. What? Bloop, 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 bloop. Is that what you're going to do? Is that how you're going to do it? Blop, that's, how, blop, blop, blop. that's how he does it, isn't it? No, he makes a whistle. He, like, he communicates via a system of beeps and whistles. He doesn't say bleep, blap. Go like this. Try that. Boot. Boot. Look, let me. I'll take three steps. Yeah. I'll say my line again, and then try and make it sound like a, a series of, of sophisticated bleeps and whistles. Okay. All right. <coughs> beep, 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 beep. Oh, let's just say it in English. All right. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network.